All right, praise God. Well, hallelujah. Well, um, you know, God's got good things for us tonight. He's always got good things in store for us. And it's an honor to be in this house tonight. It's an honor to be in his presence. It's an honor to be with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. And so let's just open up with prayer. Father, we thank you. We praise you. Father God, for what you have for each and every one of us tonight. Father God, we thank you and we praise you, Father God, that our hearts just are open right now to receive, Father God, what you have for us in your word and that seeds are planted tonight. Father God, that you're helping us to build our faith. Father God, in you, I thank you and I praise you. You gave us a measure of faith and you're helping us to learn and know how to exercise that faith more and more. Father God, so we can just flow in the things that you have for us. For everything you have for us is good. And Father, I thank you and I praise you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So praise God. So I'm going to talk to you tonight about where's your faith. Where's your faith? You know, we need to know where our faith is. Amen. Uh, you know, God wants us to have journeys with him. Journeys with Jesus. Journeys of faith. It, you know, this faith walk is a joy. It, it's, it's an honor. It's a joy. It's a pleasure. It's good. It doesn't matter what's going on out in the world or what comes your way. When you're walking in faith, you just know. You just know. You've seen the other side. And that's where you're headed. I mean, you know, it's kind of like those guys when they're playing football and they've got the ball and they don't care who's in their way. They're just shoving them out of the way. Ain't nothing else. You know, I'm not looking at anything else. i got faith with me right here, you know. Uh, so, and we're going to the other side. We're going to make the touchdown. Amen. That's our goal, right? Uh, so, you know, when are we going to talk right? <laughs> when are we going to act like we really believe? Okay. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of those things. When are we going to put faith in our mouth and not doubt? Amen, amen. So, uh, you know, first we're, we've got to learn to say some things. And then we'll see it. We don't have to see it to say it. First we've got to learn to say some things by faith before we see it. And then we keep saying it. And we keep believing that. And we keep thanking God for it until it manifests itself. Amen, amen. I feel like this is really tall <laughs> right now. I've, I've got used to that one back there, and it's a lot shorter, and I feel like I'm like, you know, little kid at the table. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Well, so people can speak in the right direction, or they can speak in the wrong direction, and we do it all the time. You know, people, and a lot of times it's habit. You've grown up hearing certain things. You've just heard other people at your work saying certain things or your friends saying certain things. And maybe you don't even believe this stuff's coming out of their mouth, but you find yourself saying it. Okay? So, we, you know, people saying things uh, like, I knew that was going to happen. I could have told you. I could have told you in a wrong direction, you know, like they said something bad. and Well, I could have told you I already been saying that. Well, yeah, you've been saying it. You know, you know, people speaking, uh, the example I wrote down, because I like to give good examples, people saying things over their kid like, 
oh, they're just a little monster. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've heard worse than the word monster. I've heard people call their kids demons. I'm like, what are you saying? You know, are you little heathen? You know, why are they saying that? Why are they saying that? Do I need to move this mic down? Sounds like it's echoing behind my back. <laughs> well, praise God. Um, but people, you know, people say things like that in the wrong direction. But we could say things in the right direction. How about we don't have to have the terrible twos? We could have the terrific twos. And it doesn't matter what we see. Okay, what you say matters. What you're speaking over your situation or people matters. What you speak over your teenagers matters. You do not have to say things like, they're a typical teenager. I hate that phrase. I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't like that phrase. They are not a typical teenager. If they are your child and you're raising them up in this church, they're not a typical teenager. No, they're a terrific teenager. And you know what? They got good things being put in them every day. And they are not like the typical teenagers out there in the world. And you ought not expect it. Expect something different. Expect something different. You know what I say over the launch group? We have the best youth group. We have the best youth group. There is no better youth group. There's no better. Amen. Uh, so faith can say things in the right direction. Amen. I feel like I need to move. The, do you want me to move this down? Okay. So saying things like, oh, okay, so I put this down. You know, faith say, says what it wants to see. And we all start somewhere. We all start somewhere. Uh, you know, when God, you know, I, I've come a fair piece. You know, I've heard Dr. Cody say that now. I'm trying to be Oklahoman now, you know. I'm just imitating my belt. I've come a fair piece in faith walk. So, so when I started out, you know, God teaching me about these things, I used to, and I say used to, I used to have certain problems that I don't have anymore, okay, because God taught me some things. And, you know, things can happen. You could just believe, receive, and have it just like that, okay? But sometimes, you know, like with me, and, and, and it's not been this with, way with everything, but you know the word, you say the word, you believe the word, you receive the word, and then you start saying the right things because maybe you've spoke the wrong things for a, a long time, okay? And it takes time for that to get in you. And I'm not saying it always happens that way. We have multiple examples, hundreds of examples, you know, in the scripture and even in this church of people being healed just like that. Well, I used to have allergies. I used to. I used to have allergies. I don't have allergies anymore. I don't have, I had piles of tissue by my bed. Piles of tissue where I blew my nose all night long and piles of tissue everywhere in my car and in my purse and everywhere else. It's not that I'll never have to blow my nose anymore. I mean, goodness, you got a nose. You got to blow it sometimes. But, but I don't have allergies. I, there is no allergy season in my house. I don't fear the pollen. I'm not wearing a mask when I mow. I used to mow, and, and I mean, I probably should have had a mask on back then because I didn't have any revelation, see? But when you come into light of something, you start speaking right. You start saying the right things. And how God showed me is he, he used that. He used that. See, the devil put that on me. God didn't put that on me. And I started saying, 
I don't have allergies. I started saying, I have health in my body. I have healing and health in my body. And, and I don't get allergies anymore. I don't get that anymore. I have healing in me. And, and I'm getting better, better, better. I remember saying that a lot. You know, it tried to come on me. No, I'm getting better, better, better. While those symptoms were there. But I'd say, I'm getting better, better, better. I'm getting better. At, this is getting less and less. The problem with this is less and less. I just started saying something else. And you know, I don't have those problems anymore. It just went away. <laughs> you know, praise God, it's gone, you know. And, and that's just one example. We got to, you know, maybe we've spoke wrong for a long time, but we got to learn to start speaking right. Change now, you know, start new. So anyways, that's my introduction. Praise God. So, <laughs> so let's open our Bibles to um, Mark chapter 11. And we're going to look at verse 11. I cheated. I'm already there. <laughs> I didn't have to find anything. So praise God. You know, it matters what we say. It matters what we say. And so here in Mark 11, while you're finding that, um, Jesus is walking along with his disciples. Um, they just got through uh, ministering in the temple. And um, he looked. In verse 11 it says, And when Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple, so he had looked around at the things as the hour was already late, and he went to Bethany with the twelve. Now the next day, when they had come out of Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. And um, just as a little side note, I have in the Amplified, there's a little note in the Amplified that when he saw that tree, you know, and he said that, the fig tree, the fruit should have been there when the leaves were there. If leaves were on it, it should have had fruit on it, okay? So he expected, see, to find fruit, amen? And there wasn't, and so he rebuked that tree. He said, no one's going to eat from you ever again. You weren't, like, doing what you were supposed to be doing. All right, so let's look at verse 20. Uh, this little little fur piece later. Uh, verse 20, it says, Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And so Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Yeah, you believe what you say is going to come to pass. See, God believes... Everything he says is going to happen. There's not a word that God says that he thinks, huh, I wonder if that'll work. <laughs> no. See, God speaks and it just happens. And I can, I can tell you, you know, this is a journey of faith. I said it's a journey of faith. Where's your faith? So this is a journey. So we all start somewhere. I remember uh, when I was young in the Lord, and I uh, had just gotten out of church, and it was close to Easter. I don't even, it might have even been Easter Sunday. And I went to, uh, I was, went to church with my brother and his wife that Sunday. It's been a long, long time ago. I was probably like 18. And I, I got out of the car, 
and his neighbor, and, and if you ever did this, do not be condemned, but his neighbor had this dogwood tree, and there was all these Easter eggs all over it. And I thought, that Easter egg business is not anything to do with Easter. That, is, that tree's probably just going to die. It did. It did. See, and God used it to show me something. And I'm not saying if you go talk to trees, they'll die. But, <laughs> but it was a sign and a wonder to me because I went back over there the, literally the next week and my brother said, Joy, you're not going to believe this. He said, that tree that when you got out of the car said that tree's going to die because it got all them Easter eggs over it and that ain't got nothing to do with Easter. It's dead. And I said, well, don't tell your neighbors I said that. <laughs> I mean, this is a big, nice dogwood tree. And I mean, it was big. It wasn't no little sapling. It had no leaves. It had no flowers on it. But you know what? God used that to show me and my brother something. What you say matters. What you say, when you speak something, it, it goes forth. It has power in it. There's power in what you say. And it could be in the right direction or the wrong direction. We want it to be in the right direction. Amen? Amen. Um, you know, during one of the toughest times of my life, God spoke to me and he told me, you know, I was really going through a tough time. And, you know, just because you're in faith doesn't mean tough times won't come. Trouble is always going to come if you're living in this world. Amen? Uh, you know, trouble comes. Uh, but God expects you to use your faith. Yeah. He expects you to have figs on your tree. Yeah. You know, be a figgy fig tree. Right. He, he, he expects you to be a figgy fig tree right. and have figs there and have faith there. So when that tough time came, you know what I did? I went because I'd learned. See, this is a fair piece from me, you know, a long time ago, learning about allergies are not mine and healing is mine. It'd been years and years. I've been building my faith. And uh, one of the toughest times in my life came at me, and you know what I did? I went and got alone with God. Amen. You know what Jesus did sometimes? He withdrew himself. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to withdraw yourself from the situation and from people, and you just get alone with God, yeah, you on. know? And so I took it to God. He's my daddy. And while I was praying in the Holy Ghost, he spoke in my spirit, and he said at the beginning of that thing, he said, put faith in your mouth and don't doubt. And it was strong. It was a strong word. And I knew, and I thought, that's my word. That's it, Lord. Thank you. And you know, he, he really didn't speak a whole lot to me after that. I went through that whole time on that one word. Put faith in your mouth and don't doubt. Put faith in your mouth and don't doubt. I don't care what you're going through. I've used that word, not just through that time, but every, every time since. Put faith in my mouth and don't doubt. Amen. I mean, so praise God. Uh, here's some examples, because I like examples. And the youth, we were doing the yard sale, and it was the Thursday night. And just a few of us was, was there, I think Maurice and Trey, and I think Lindsay was there. There was a couple, I may forget some names, so I don't want to name everybody. But there was, there was just a few youth there on the Thursday night, and uh, for the most part, we just... We really didn't have a whole lot to do because I'm going to tell you, there wasn't much there, was there? Thursday night, there were like maybe two bags of stuff. And I think they got dropped off on the Wednesday night. Uh, and then there might have been a box of stuff that somebody brought. And, and it might have filled up a table and a half. And I'm thinking, okay, we need more than that, you know. And see, then you got an opportunity. 
that's an opportunity to use your faith. When you, when you see something, it don't look right. No, uh-uh, I'm a blessed woman. This launch group is a blessed group. This is a blessed church. We got more than that, you know. And so on the way home, on the way home, I pray. Uh, and on the way home, I was praying, and I said, God, if ever, if just, one, you know, 20 people, 20 people will get one box, just one box, just even while they're walking through their house tonight and they think of the yard sale and they go, oh, you know what, I can throw some stuff together. And I, I can put this few things together and I can put that. And they, even 20 people had one box to bring. We would have, I mean, that's, that's 20 people, 20 boxes full of stuff. That's a pretty good yard sale. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, I just claimed that. I said, Lord, you're laying it to people's hearts. See, you take it to God. You're laying it to people's hearts, and they're, they're just going through their house, and they're getting stuff. Maybe some didn't come today because of the rain, but they're coming tomorrow, and they're going to drop stuff off, and we're going to have plenty. We're going to have a good yard sale. It's going to be the best yard sale ever. And you know what? It was. Yeah. It was, praise God. But see, I had a choice that Thursday night. I could have looked at that and said something different. See, those are opportunities to say the right thing. Those are opportunities. Even, I mean, you might be thinking, oh, it's just a yard sale. No, that's an opportunity to use your faith. It's an opportunity. I got another example. We we're believing God for property uh, because he told me to. You know, I just listened to my daddy. And I'd always wanted a house out in the country. Uh, I, I don't mind driving. I really don't. I never have. Uh, minded driving. I actually like driving. Uh, and I wanted a house out in the country. I've always wanted land. And, uh, you know, I, I like trees. I just, I'm a tree and leaf person. I don't know. You can buy me a picture with leaves on it, and I'm just like, yay! But anyways, praise God. And, you know, I like, I like, you know, rock climbing and different things and just being out Shawnee National Forest type stuff. And uh, God, during a time of prayer, spoke to me, and he said, buy property. He didn't say build a house. This about 10 years ago. Might have been 11. He said, buy property. Just during the time of prayer, he starts, buy property. So I told my husband, I said, God keeps speaking to me and buy property. So we just start looking for property. We'll just look. We'll see what's out there. And we'll just trust God and be led. And you know, when you trust God and be led, you ain't got to go look at 15 million properties. See, when you trust God and you be led and you're listening and you're walking by faith, He'll speak to you, and then he'll just show you, and then you ain't got to waste all your time going to all these other places and all this other business. So anyways, he showed us the property. Actually, it's really funny because my husband found it on, like, it was when Craigslist, everybody was looking for stuff on He We don't even use that anymore. But, um, but it was when there was a lot of sale. There's a lot of sale sites now. But he found it on there, and he showed it to me, and I said, well, you know what? I said, we'll go look at it. You know, I had a good semen in my seamer. That's what you look to, you seamer. Uh, it seemed really good in here, and not just here, see. And so me and my daughter drove out there, and uh, we looked at the property, and it was pretty. I'm like, wow. I mean, it was grown up, but I could tell, man, this stuff, this is nice. I like it. I like it. I like the drive. I like it out here. And so we uh, went to the bank and went through all the stuff and got to the appraiser. And um, they wanted 30000 or maybe 33. They might want it 33. I can't remember. But anyways, the, I knew I needed 30,000. I needed it to praise for 30,000 at least. 
And so the appraiser went out, looked at it, and they appraised it, and they called me up. Well, see, I'm a woman of faith, you know, and I'm believing God for 30000 And so he calls me, the appraiser does, and he says, I got the appraisal in. And I'm like, all right, you know, let's go, next step. God told me, I know. And you know what he said? He said, it's appraised for $9,000. And I, I just stood there like dumbfounded for about two seconds. And I said, no, it ain't. <laughs> I said, well, excuse me, sir. You don't understand. It can't appraise for $9,000. I mean, this man probably thought I was weird, I'm sure. But you know, we're peculiar people. We do weird things. We say weird things. Faith doesn't sound like the world. Amen. And I said, you know what? I said, sir, I said, that's not right. It, no. I said, we need it to appraise for 30000 And he said, well, it appraises for nine. I said, no, it don't. I said, it needs to appraise. You don't understand what I'm saying. It needs to appraise for 30000 And apparently, you need to go down there, and you need to look up some more paperwork or something uh, at the county clerk's office because it needs to appraise for 30000 and I know it's worth that. And you need to go down there and do it. And he was not happy with me and said a lot of stuff that was not nice to me. And my daughter was sitting there and I'm listening to him going, do I hang up? Or do, I mean, this is not a, he was not, he was not nice. I won't repeat anything he said, but he was not nice. And I, I said, well, you know what? I said, I'll tell you what, I'll get back with you. So I went down, what are you going to do? You're going to pray. So I pray and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go down there myself. I went down there myself, walked in, said, I need to know what some of this land's been selling for out here, you know, because I know this land is worth something more than what this guy's saying, and I got the paperwork myself of different lands that have sold. And then I called him up, and I said, guess what? This is going to price for 30000 because I got the paperwork, and here you go, and I sent it to him. And you know what? He calls me back a couple days later. Oh, you know what? This appraises for 30000 <laughs> Yeah, it does. It sure does. See, faith won't take no for an answer. Faith doesn't look at stuff and say, oh, okay. All right. Well, because, see, I had a choice. I had a choice. When that 9000 came back, what if I would have just been like, well, I must have missed God. That must not be right. Maybe I'm not. I mean, I've got a house sitting on there now, and I had a faith journey for some of that. I tell you what, before we even owned the property, before this went through, talking about this faith walk, we pull up in uh, Lowe's parking lot, and I see these lawnmowers. And John says, you know, we're going to need a lawnmower for that property. And I said, we sure are. Let's buy one. <laughs> see, faith will buy the lawnmower before you have the property. When you know that you know that you have a word from God and that you're walking in the right direction in that word, you will walk it out. You, faith will do things that normal people don't do. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, see, the devil's always going to try to get you to change your confession. <laughs> but faith doesn't change its confession. You put faith in your mouth and you don't doubt. Okay, amen. So uh, faith will believe the mountain has moved as soon as you said so. And then, it, and then faith will just start thanking God for it. Thank God that that property's coming to me. Thank God that we have all the stuff we need for the yard sale. Thank God for whatever... It is. You fill in the blank, praise God. So let's, 
Let's look here. Let's see. Oh, well, uh, Mark 11, and we actually just read this in, in verse 23 and 24. You know, Jesus says, or actually we read 20 through 22. Let's look at 23 through 24. It says, for assuredly, Jesus, this is Jesus talking, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. See, it starts in the heart. I said my seamer. It's in here. But believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. See, it's not God talking to the mountain. A lot of people are not getting what they need because they're talking to God, but they're not talking to their mountain. See, God already said, you talk to the mountain. And, and they're like, well, I just don't know why God hadn't answered my prayer. But no, no, see, he did. He gave you the word, and he told you to do something with your mouth. You got to say something to that mountain. You tell that mountain to move. You tell that mountain what it's going to do and where it's going to go. You tell that land it's going to be appraised for $30,000 in the name of Jesus. You tell that yard sale stuff it's going to come. You know, my husband, at the beginning of the year, you know, we do our, um, our sayings list at the beginning of the year here at church, right? So we got our sayings list together, and literally the next day, the next day, he goes to work, and they uh, had a union meeting, and, he, and they tell him that they're not even sure if the company's going to be open, after a year, and um, he was planning on going to the pilot school, okay, and they had already told him he could go. They already gave him approval, told him they're going to pay for it and everything, and they said there won't be any school. This was at the beginning of the year, literally the day after we did our sayings list, and he comes home, and he's telling me this, <laughs> and I'm like, but I already wrote that down on my sayings list, <laughs> and I said, we just did our sayings list. And I, I'm sitting there, I'm like, wait a second. I said, hold up. I said, the enemy thinks I'm going to change my confession because of some bad report? I said, no, uh-uh. I, I said, I can't, you know, because we can't control anybody else. And it wasn't that my husband wasn't speaking faith. But, you know, sometimes you hear everybody talking in a meeting, and then you're like, goodness, all this. So he, and then, you know, you build them up. You help them. So I, I just told him, I said, you know what? I said, I'll be doggone if I'm going to change my confession because of a bad report. Amen. See, when you've been, we start somewhere, but as we've been walking along, you've been walking along with God for a while. See, the devil can't catch you off guard like he used to. He, he's got to try to get craftier because, like, that's just stupid. I said, how much more obvious? We just did our sayings list, and the next day the devil's going to try. Don't you know? Don't you know that's he, how he is? Like he's going to try to get you to change your confession the very next day. Uh-uh, I ain't doing it. I ain't changing my confession, so I just kept believing. I said, God, I thank you. John will take that class this year, and he will pass that class because I don't want him to just take it. I want him to pass it. So he will take that class, and he will pass that class this year, this year. This year. And you know what? That company ain't shutting it down. That's always just wind and waves and rumors. I don't believe them. I don't listen to that. How many times have I heard that junk? Him come home say, I'm like, I don't believe that stuff. I just keep walking. I'm just telling you right now. That company ain't shutting down. It's not shutting down. 
At the least, it'll be open two years. At the most, it's going to be open five. You know why? Because I say so. In the name of Jesus. I have authority. My husband works there. I'm not going to believe what they say. I'm going to believe what the Word of God says. And guess what? I'm a blessed woman. And I'm a tither. And I'm an offer. And you know what? We have authority in the name of Jesus. So I'll be doggone if I'm going to change my confession. And I'm going to tell you what. They, he's already come back and said, well, they're not closing down at the end of the year. It's going to be at least two years. And then, and then they're not sure, but we're thinking it's going to be five. It could be ten. Like, imagine, imagine that. Imagine that. And then you know what else? He goes to work and he says, well, I'm going to ask him about the class. I said, yep, you sure better. And he did. And you know what? They went and he took it and he passed. And now all he's waiting on his to get the little paper that says okay you can get up there and drive something you know the little the little license because they've got to post it so praise god what if i'd have changed my confession what if i'd have said something else what if i'd have done something different see faith is a journey faith is a journey and it starts somewhere but we can already see the other side if we do, just keep it in our mouth and keep thanking God for it. Amen? Amen. So let's look at Luke chapter 8. And we're going to go to verse 22. Praise God. So where's our faith at? Where's our faith at? Where's it at right now? Sometimes we've got to be real with ourselves. We've got to talk to God, and we've got to stir ourselves up, and we've got to start changing some things and be willing to allow God to point out those things that we need to start saying differently. Okay? Amen? That's a humble heart. That's a heart God can work with. That's a heart God can grow. Because you know what? He wants you to have everything good. There's not anything bad from God. You know, he wants us to have everything good. And the only hindrance to it is us. Literally. (laughs) So praise God. Uh, Proverbs, uh, don't go there, stay in Luke. But you know, Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. (laughs) And those that love it will eat the fruit of it. What kind of fruit do we want to eat? Do we want to eat the fruit of death? Or do we want to eat the fruit of life? See, I was talking about what you say over people in your life. Do you want to have the fruit of death in your home because you're speaking wrong over your family? Or do you want to have the fruit of life? Maybe you don't like what you see. Maybe you don't like how they act. Maybe you don't like what, you know, that they're not serving God like you think they should. You know, whether it's your kid or your spouse or whoever. Well, guess what? Speak something different over them. Quit speaking that they don't do that. They don't do this. They don't do that. Blah, blah, blah. Stop it. (laughs) What do you want to say? Do you want to keep eating that death fruit or do you want to eat life fruit? Amen? So let's look at Luke 8 and 22. It says, Now it happened on a certain day that he got into the boat with his disciples, talking about Jesus, and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. So see, Jesus said something, right? He gave his word. We're going to the other side. I love it. Dr. Ed Dufresne used to say, he'd get in his airplane, he said, going to the other side. If you weren't saying that, you weren't getting in that airplane. 
So, but as they, as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? Where is your faith? See, he expected them to have it. He expected them to exercise it. He expected them to speak to the storm. Amen? When are we going to believe that we can do that? When are we going to believe those things? Instead of, you know, I knew, I knew a person once that they would say, anytime there was a storm, they'd say, I'm going to the scaredy hut. I, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, the shelter, you take shelter from the storm. I'm not telling you to not go to a shelter. You do what you need to do. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'll be doggone if I'm leaving the comfort of my home and not going to bed at my normal time because of some storm. No, see, I, I don't care if this was 2,000 years ago or today. I have authority in my mouth. I have life in my mouth. And that stuff is not allowed to come near my dwelling place because Jesus already said so. God already gave me his word. That storm has to cease in the name of Jesus. It has to cease. And remember I told you we start small. We start small. Uh, God started showing me this. <laughs> I went to pick up my kids, and I'm going to tell you right now, if you're a mother and you got kids and you got to go all the way up that door to pick them up and they make you park like half a mile away, you don't want to have to go up in the pouring down rain. And I'm sitting there in that car, and I said, Lord, I have what I say. See, God was teaching me. This has been a long time ago because my kids are done grown, got little kids now. And I'm sitting there at Clark School, and I'm like, uh-uh, no, that's a long way. I had to park away, away. And that is pouring cats and dogs. I thought I saw a few frogs. And, and I'm not going to go all that way in this pouring down rain. So I'm in my car, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command this rain to stop in Jesus' name. You have authority. You have authority. We got to believe we got authority. Hey, you know what? A crazy thing happened. It stopped raining. And you know what? I went and got my kids. I got in my car, and I went to my house. And when we got in, guess what happened? It started raining. Praise God. See, God's showing me some things. He'll show you things. He will show you a journey with him that is beyond your wildest dreams. Hey, we got to start believing it. We believe, and then we receive, and we just walk it out. We put faith in our mouth, and we don't doubt. If God said it, he'll do it. He, he will accomplish his word. You know, we have power over the elements. We have power over the elements. When God spoke and said, let there be light, he fully expected the elements to line up with him. Those e-photons of light begin to bebop around, and they said, woof. Praise God. He expected it. He expected it. Yeah. Now, I'm not asking anybody to go out there and get weird and say, let there be light. And it's the middle of the dark. Let's see how they... <laughs> I'm saying when you have a need in your life, you have the faith that you need for the need in your life because God knew you were in this world. But you're not of this world. You are supernatural. <laughs> Praise God. And so you just got to walk out that faith. Start somewhere. Yeah. 
Start somewhere. Get, get along with God and pray. Ask him to help you. Where's your starting place? He already gave you a measure of faith. You just need to exercise it and believe him. See, he fully expected these disciples to speak to that storm. See, people just aren't allowed in my car if they're going to get scared about a storm. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you will get rebuked in my car. I promise you. Because storms don't keep me home. They don't keep me home. If I got somewhere to go, I got, some, I got places to be. I got to go to church. I'm not staying home because they said, oh, there's going to be this storm and there might be tornadoes in the area. Now, y'all do whatever you're going to do. I can't control anybody else. I just control me, you know. And so when they say stuff like that, you know what I do? I say, huh, better get ready, go to church. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I've never been so irritated. When there was a tornadoes in the area and at Walmart, they made me go to that back room with everybody else. I'm back there. I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm about to go to jail. No, I'm going to break out of the Walmart. I'm like, you all don't understand. <laughs> this storm's got to go. I'm not, I'm not being back here with all you people. <laughs> There's some strange people back here, and it ain't because they have Jesus. Well, praise God, you know. We can speak to that storm. We can speak to the storm. And it's not just a physical storm. This, this situation is a physical, physical storm, and we can speak to a physical storm. But we've got to start believing that we can speak to any situation in our life. If God gave us his word, you know, Jesus gave him their word, his word, and he said, we're going to the other side. And then he fell asleep and didn't worry about it. When are we going to believe that we're kept by the power of God and not worry? When are we going to believe that our kids are kept by the power of Almighty God and not worry about it? See, there are two big biggies, two biggies that are hindrances to faith. And one of them's worry. One of them's worry. Okay, we're going to talk about that real quick. So, worry never accomplishes faith. Never accomplishes faith. Psalms 37, 8 says... Do not fear, it only causes harm. It doesn't cause anything else but harm. Okay? 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Okay? Some, some translations say timidity, worry. See, he's not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power. He's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, a worrying mind's not sound. If you've ever, and we've all been guilty of worry. So if you've ever worried about anything, you know you weren't having a sound mind. You weren't entering into soundness and peace. See, faith operates in peace. Follow peace. You know, Pastor Nancy says, follow peace. Just follow peace. If it didn't feel like peace, you're not in faith. <laughs> you're not faith about it. Get over into faith about it. See, faith, faith doesn't have wrought up feelings all night long. Can't sleep, toss and turn. Can't quit thinking about it. Can't quit talking about it. Whatever it is. See, we need to stop that stuff. We need to stop that. We got to put, to put faith in our mouth, we got to stop talking about all the problems. You know, a lot of times people enter into a problem, have a problem with their kid, problem with their spouse, problem with their work, problem with whatever. And the first thing they want to do is run and tell somebody. 
That is a hindrance to your faith. It's a Why would you want to run tell everybody? You want to run tell everybody because it will make you feel better in your flesh to tell everybody and their brother about your problem and your situation. All you got to do is open up Facebook and you can tell that people love to go tell about all their problems and all their worries and woe is me and I want somebody to feel sorry for me. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, God don't feel sorry for you. Mm -mm -mm. He don't feel sorry for you. You know why he doesn't feel sorry for you? Because he gave you everything that you need to walk in faith. He gave you a measure of faith. It's not a lesser measure. It's the same measure that he gave me. It's the same measure that he gave Dr. Cody. It's the same measure that he gave Pastor Nancy or Sister Marilyn or Sister G or Sister Cynthia. Some of these mighty women of faith that I know in this church and many of you. Many, Sister Catherine, I think it's Sister, I give your testimony all the time. I'm just going to let you know. Everybody knows about you. They don't know you, but they know. I've been talking about you, but it's been all good, sister. I'm like, man, I had this lady in my church, and she just believed God. She believed God, and she didn't go tell everybody, because I remember her telling me, I didn't tell it. She said, I didn't tell any of my family. I didn't tell anybody. I'd already decided not to take any more chemo. Wasn't that right? When you had the breast cancer? Yeah, but you don't got that no more, and that's been years ago. My kids wore babies, and guess what? She is still... In this, in this house. She's still here. Because you know what? She didn't choose to go tell everybody else. I hope this is okay, sis. <laughs> she didn't choose to go tell everybody else. She took it to God. And she trusted God. And God told her, you don't have to take any more of those chemo treatments. And I was sitting in that service. And there was a guest minister. Didn't know anything about her or her situation. And he stopped about mid-aisle. He wasn't even up here. He was like way over yonder. And he stopped preaching. He said, there's a woman here. That you've made it, I can't remember exact words, but it was something like you've made a decision that you're not going to take any more chemo because God's already healed you of that. You, God wants you to know you're healed. And I watched her dance all the way. I can't do it because, you know, I mean, she was dancing in the spirit. She jigged all the way up that aisle. I mean, it was just like, woo, 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 praise God. And I mean, everybody broke out for a minute, you know. I praise God. But listen, we ain't got to go tell everybody else our problems. That's not faith. Those are, that's worry. That's doubt. That's doubt. And it's going to be a hindrance to our faith. Worrying about your kids, worrying about your kids isn't going to help them. Okay? I'm going to talk real quickly, try to go through this real quickly. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me with the time. Okay, so worrying about your kids is not going to help them. Listen. I'm going to tell you right now, and this is my own testimony. I didn't stay up at night worrying about my kids, okay? As they got older, you know, because kids get older, and they start going out. You know, they're still living at home, but they have a curfew, and they start going out. And you know what I have? I have this thing called work in the morning. <laughs> and you may want to be out till, you know, 10 o'clock if that's your curfew, or 11 o'clock if that's your curfew. I ain't going to be up that long. I'm going to bed. First of all, I knew where my kids were. And I will tell you, my kids didn't date until they were 18. Now, you do what you, you do you. Because boys and girls ain't got no business being alone together. Amen? Well, I smile. <laughs> they got no, you know why? Because they got boy and girl hormones. 
And I don't care how sweet they are and how, see, I don't need to worry what's going on with the boy and the girl out somewhere because mine ain't going to be out somewhere like that. Amen. So we're not going to do that. But when they aren't out uh, and they went to a movie with their friends or whatever like that, I'm going to know where they're at. I'm going to know what time they're going to be home. They do have a curfew. They're not going to break it. It will not go well with them. And, and I'm not staying up. I'm not staying up worried about it. I'm going to bed and I'm trusting God. And I remember after uh, my son was already, he was like maybe eight, 18 and a half, 19, I don't know. He, he was still in his senior year, but he turned 19 in his senior year right there at the end. And, uh, you know, I went to bed. See, because I just trust God. I can only tell you what I, my experience. But see, I've been walking with God for a while before my kids got to be teenagers. You know, maybe you haven't been. But I went to bed, and God woke me up. See, God will tell you if you trust him, he'll tell you. God woke me up, and immediately I knew. I knew I could, God told me where he was, who he was with, what was going on in the house. I knew. Call him. So I'm like, okay. So I get up and I call him. I said, son, if he's listening to this, he's going to be, oh, goodness. I said, son, you're at so-and-so's house. Because, see, this was a shady character that he worked with that was a little older than him, had a little older friends. And he was getting at that age where he was a little older, but he didn't even be hanging around with them because they were doing things that were not okay. And I said, son, you're at so-and-so's house. And they're drinking. And they're doing stuff that you don't need to be around. I said, I'm going to tell you right now, you are not to hang up this phone. You are to stay on it. You are going to walk to your car. You're going to get in it, and you're going to drive home, and I know exactly how long, how many minutes it takes to get here because you, God had to wake me up and tell me that this was going on, and you get here now. So I waited till he got to God. I said, you tell me when you're to the car. He gets to the car. I said, I'm in the car. I said, good. Come on home. And he came on home, amen. amen. See, God will tell you. God will tell you. God will tell you. Okay? We got to trust him. We got to trust him. You know, talking about worry, I had a situation one time. Uh, it was just for a short time. I think Kristen was in the fourth grade going into the fifth grade. And her brother... It, she was going into fifth grade is what it was because then he was going into uh, junior high. So up until that time, she always had somebody walking with her to school. Well, i got to be at work. My husband's got to be at work. I don't really have anybody to take them, and there's no bus route, you know, and we live in this day and generation. That's an opportunity to worry, isn't it? But you know what? I had learned some things because I've been sitting in this church. And I said, Lord... You know, I take it to God. I've got this situation. And this is what, this is just what God, see, I just want to listen to God. I'm endeavoring, I'm not perfect, guys, but I'm just endeavoring to share some of the situations God's done in me. And I said, Lord, you know, Kristen's got to walk to school. She's going you know, there's nobody she's going to be walking with. There's so many blocks between here and there. And one of the, there's one little part that is kind of shady. And there are a couple of shady houses there. I'm just saying. I don't know what's going on there, but it don't look good. Anyway, and there, you know, there's mean, evil people in the world. Yeah. In Genesis, God said, men's hearts are evil continually. 
I don't know. I guess women's are okay. No, that's just a joke. <laughs> anyway, praise God. You know, I'm just joking. But anyway, so you know what I did? See, I have revelation. She is kept by the power of God. I got a word. She's kept by the power of God. And she's got two big... See, I believe she's got... I believe everybody's got at least two angels. If they're using their angels at all and they're in the kingdom, I personally believe we all have two angels. Now, I, I can't tell you. You all just decide yourself. But I know I have more than that. But I know at that time my daughter had at least two angels. And I said, Lord, I'm just trusting you that if anybody even looks at my daughter while she's walking to school, they're going to see two big men walking with her. And she will never have accident, and she will never have injury. And those angels are round about her every day, and she is kept by your mighty power every day. And then I thanked him for it every day after. See, I ask, and then I believe it, and then I know I receive it. And then after that, I just thank him for it. So when I'd be on my way to work, Father, I thank you that my daughter is kept by your mighty power. If anybody even looks at her, they're going to see those two big angels with her. They're going to see two big men, and they're going to be like, Ooh, I don't know who those guys are walking with her. And you know what? That's possible. I have a testimony. Dr. Ed Dufresne uh, had a situation one time where he had saw some gang members harassing uh, uh, this guy and this girl. I think they were brother and sister. And he, and this is where, this. see, I've been sitting here listening to this stuff for a while, and he, uh, he had gave this testimony about how he had seen them, and he pulled up in his truck, and uh, this gang was harassing them, and he said, hey, come get, because he wasn't no scaredy cat, okay? And he said, y'all come get in my truck. And the guy got away and come got in the truck and said, let's go. And... Uh, he said, no, I ain't going. She's still over there. And he said, you all better let her go. She's coming with me. And they all just hurried up and got in their cars and left, and she come and got in the truck. And she's, he's like, how come them to hurry up and get in their cars like that? And she said, because they saw those big guys with you. They saw them. See, God's got our back. He's to, but do we believe it? See, if you don't believe it, you're not going to walk in that. If you haven't put faith in your mouth, you're not going to walk in that. It doesn't mean you don't prepare. You know, i got a security system in my house, okay? i got plenty of ammo. My husband made sure. I mean, I don't know. I ain't even going to talk about that up here, but just trust me. <laughs> we got plenty of that, all that stuff. Amen. And i got two big dogs. So i got plenty of prepared. But... But I'm not trusting in my big dogs and my ammo. And that's, I mean, we do things in the natural, but I'm not trusting in that just because there's bad guys out there. And I live out in the middle of nowhere. I'm telling you right now, you call the cops, they're probably not coming for a while. They may not show up because that happened once. I called them, they didn't even show up. So I'm just telling you, it's all me and Jesus. Can Jesus is bigger than any of them. <laughs> So praise God, I'm not trusting in my own ability. I'm still preparing. There's nothing wrong with preparing. You know, we have security in this, in this building. We have security. You, you do what in the natural you're supposed to do to prepare. But that's not what I'm trusting in. That's not what we're trusting. We put our faith in God. Because if you're worrying that somebody might break into your house or something might happen to you or blah, 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 or whatever, you're inviting fear. You're inviting a demonic spirit of fear. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to, because God didn't give that to us. 
He gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So worrying about our kids, worrying about our spouse, worrying about our situation, that's not going to help anything. It's not going to, going to eliminate our situation. You know, Job feared a fear, and what he feared come upon him. See, what if he wouldn't have feared? What if he had just trust God? <laughs> you know, he wouldn't have had to go through all that. Just saying. So there, we could save ourselves a lot of trouble if we just say, you know what? I may feel fear on the inside, but I'm not going to entertain it. I'm not going to let it come out of my mouth. I'm not going to, like, entertain those thoughts of fear and let them turn into something I'm verbally speaking over my life. Amen? And what we do is we get along with God. See? We get along with God. Go over to Psalms 91. I spent a little time with God last night. And man, I got stirred up about this. And this isn't in my notes, but I just got to share this. Because Psalms 91, see, we got to spend some time with God. Yeah. How we get to where we're walking in this faith life yeah. and, and allowing God to show us where he wants us to go and how we're going to get there and walking it out is by doing something really simple. Really, really simple. Psalms 91 says, in verse 1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now you think about that for a minute. Here's God, big, big God. And I'm just walking, you know, you think of, you know, a little kid walking in their daddy's shadow. And that shadow just encompasses them. He who, he who dwells. I'm dwelling in the shadow. I'm dwelling in the shadow of the Most High. There's protection in that shadow. There's protection there. It says, I will say of the Lord, He is my... See, He's saying something. What are you saying? Are you saying He is my refuge and my fortress? He's my refuge. He's my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. In him I will trust. Now let me paint this picture for you real quick. Go to verse 7. It says, A thousand, and you all go back and read Psalm 91. I'm sure you're familiar with it. I'm just going to point out a couple of things that just stuck out to me last night. It says, A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Think about this. King David's writing this. He's, he's a man who knows war. He's a man who knows that there is evil out there. He's a man who knows that there are bad people do bad stuff to you. Okay? And yet he's saying of the Lord, I'm walking in your shadow. I'm walking in your shadow. And you know what? A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand. It ain't going to come near me. It's not coming near me. I'm going to walk out on the battlefield where there's blood and guts and swords and people chopping people's heads off and all that stuff. And, and you know what? Only with my eyes am I going to look and see the reward of the wicked. It ain't going to come near me. I will go to this battle. I will walk through this battle and nothing will touch me. Amen? Do we think like that? Do we? I want to think like that. In the situations that come in life, like look at this, verse 10, it says no evil, none, no evil. See, there's no reason to worry because no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. None, no evil. 
Yeah, God knows. He said men's hearts are evil continue. He knows. People, we're living in this world. He knows, but we're not of it. And do we trust him? Is he, our, is he our refuge? Is he our fortress? Do we talk like that? Do we believe like that? Do we say those things? Do we answer that stuff when, when that fear tries to come? Do we answer it? See, everything has an ear. Everything. Everything out there has an ear. When Jesus spoke to that fig tree, it had an ear. And it heard. Now, listen, that not just the fig tree, anything, the elements. When God spoke to the elements, they had an ear and they heard. And they did what he said. See, when we speak, those things have an ear. And they hear. And they have to do what we say. I had a revelation. Uh, Dr. Ed Dufresne had talked about uh, believing God for roads out of his house. He, he found himself complaining because they were all potholed and all this stuff. And he had this new house. And he was like, look at this road. You know, he's complaining about it. And God had corrected him and, and talked to him about talking right about that road. See, this is how I learned from sitting in, in here and sitting under good teaching and learning this stuff and reading books and feeding on materials. And I remembered that. He started talking to that road, and then he commanded his angels to go out and cause the things that needed to happen to get a new road there, and he started changing what he said. So when we moved out there in the middle of nowhere, where, that beautiful piece of property that God gave me and helped me find and built that house, we didn't have internet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, my goodness. We got to have some internet, and, and we, we did get some, but it was almost dial-up. It wasn't even hardly better than that. I mean, I couldn't even... I couldn't even get anything, like, it was just bad. It was just bad. And I thought of that, and I thought, uh-uh, no. We're going to have some fiber optics out here in the middle of nowhere. And so I just started saying it. I said, Lord, I command fiber optics to come to me in Jesus' name. We will have fiber optics in this neighborhood. I don't care if it's out here in the middle of nowhere. That's just more opportunity for me to give him honor and give him glory and say, guess what? Because there's people that's been living for years without fiber optics or even internet at all that live out in the middle of nowhere. But you know what? It was about a year later. I, my contract was almost up on that dish network or whatever. I was paying like, I don't know, 150 a month or something to have that just so we could have any kind of internet. And I mean, I got a supply. It's not about the money, but it's like, Dadgum, I don't really watch all this TV. And I'm paying just so I can have that. So anyway, but you know what? They come up and they're like, we're putting fiber optics in out here. And we're going to put this box on the back of your house. I'm like, come on, brother. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. We're getting fiber optics. Hallelujah. And then I, I know it's getting late, so I'm going to try to wrap this up real quick. But you know, I talked about worry. The second one, strife. And I don't really have to spend a whole lot of time on strife because you know what? Jesus said that if we won't forgive others, he can't forgive us. Now think about that. He did everything so that every person could live free. And he expects us to love others like he loved others. We don't love sin, because I'm going to tell you right now, God does not love sin. Don't be confused. The world's confused about that, and I don't have time to go into it. The world's confused about that. 
God doesn't love sin. That's why he told the woman caught in adultery, he said, go and sin no more. Right? But he didn't condemn her. He loved her. He loves us. When we get into strife with people, I don't care if you're saying everything right. I don't care if you got your scripture and, you know, you 10 things on your saying list. If you're in strife with somebody, you have offense with somebody, you have unforgiveness and bitterness, you won't speak to people when you walk in the church and they say hello to you just Amen. saying, there's a problem there. You know, my mom and daddy taught me to greet people. I don't know, I just, I, when I was growing up, I didn't have a whole lot. But I'll tell you what, my mom and daddy taught me, you better greet some people, you better say hello, <laughs> you know. And, and so I'm just saying kindness and love is demonstrated. And how we act and how we talk. You can tell if somebody got a problem with you. <laughs> so you know what? I tell my youth. As a matter of fact, I just got through telling them this. Maurice could testify. So I tell, I tell my youth, you know, if you, if you feel like, you know, maybe somebody's giving you a hard time, they're giving you problems, you know what you should do? Pray for them. Amen. You want to get out of strife with a person? Start praying for them. And I'm not saying pray God, get them. <laughs> get them. You know what they didn't need to me. No, I'm saying pray for them, especially brothers and sisters. Listen, you can't control anybody. You can only control yourself. But you pray for them and you say, Father, I, I've had this situation. I had a person that it just always seemed like I got near them and there was always this tension. Like, and it, it felt like. Anything you said, it was almost like you had to walk on eggshells because you might hurt their feelings or they might get bent out of shape at you or they might kind of snap at you. Now, I don't know if you've all had any situations like that. I dare say if you're alive and on the planet, you probably have. But um, you know what? I started praying for this person because I went to God, see, with the wrong attitude. I did. I went to him with the wrong attitude, and I was like, Lord... I don't know what to do about this person. This person's always giving me a hard time. They're always kind of being mean to me. They always have an attitude with me. It always seems like this. And I'm just complaining, see? And you know what God said? He said, I need to pray for them and believe the best for them. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so, see, I had to start changing my prayer. Instead of complaining and saying, God, get me out of this situation with this person, remove them from my life or whatever you need to do. <laughs> I'm just being real. I had to start praying for them in the right way to get out of strife. Yeah. See, when you start believing the best for the person who's causing you the worst problems, <laughs> you're going to step off over into some love. <laughs> yeah. Amen. And so I started praying for this, this person, and I said, Lord, I, I, I would pray, Father, I just ask you that everything that you've called, see, they have a call on their life. That helped me. Everything that you've called them to do would be fulfilled. That the calling that you placed on their life would come to pass. That they'll come up in the things of you. They'll come up in the things of you. They'll fulfill the things you have for them. They'll have favor where they need to have it. See, I started praying for them differently. Instead of complaining, you want to get out of strife, you start praying for people differently. Amen. Instead of complaining about them. Complain about your brother and your sister in Christ. Amen. Just pray for them. You know, we, hey, listen, sometimes we're going to just rub each other the wrong way. We are. It's going to happen. If you haven't been here very long, just wait. <laughs> you wait long enough, you know, you catch somebody, had a bad day or something, and they get in their flesh, you know, or they're empty. They hadn't been spending the time with God. We're going to know. Spending the time with God that they should have been spending. 
But listen, walk in love, because if, if you're walking in strife, it's going to be a hindrance to your faith. That's right. So we don't want to be hindered by worry. We don't want to be hindered by strife. And we want to put the right things in our mouth and speak the right things, even over those who maybe aren't the best to us. Amen. Praise God. So I hope you got something tonight. God, God's good. And um, as we go, just, just bow your heads. If you're dealing with fear, you don't have to leave here tonight and, and have that go with you. You know, there is deliverance. That's a demonic spirit, okay? And so right now, in the name of Jesus, I command every demonic spirit of fear that has tried to plague people's minds to just go in the name of Jesus and that light come. And Father, I thank you and I praise you that you're speaking to each and every one here that when they lay down tonight, they lay down in peace. Father God, I thank you and I praise you for the seeds that you've planted tonight. And Father God, that they grow and bear much fruit. Father God, I thank you and I praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Praise God.